It's game day, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's get into our first preview of the 2023 season as the Sun Devils take on Southern Utah at home on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to my everydayers who are here every day, and thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Wherever you're getting those podcasts, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter slash X at RichieBrands36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, guys, before we get started these days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College terms and conditions apply. It is finally game day, ladies and gentlemen, and we have waited a long time for this one it has been a long grueling oh my god nine months about nine months because our season ended at the end of november it's been a long time since we had sun devils football and a lot has changed since the final game in tucson we have a new quarterback we have a new head coach we have a new staff we have a new look defense we've got more weapons We've got a re-energized fan base. It's a fresh start for Sun Devils football. And the day has finally come. It, there, there were times where it felt like it was so far away. And then there were other times where it felt like it was coming up so fast. And it's finally here. And with that, it, it's it's time to preview. Oh, if you're on YouTube, you can see the big giddy face that I have right now. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. And... We got a lot to do. So if you're new here, what we do every week for a football game preview is we break down what we're looking for in the offense and defensive side of the football for Arizona State. After that, we look at some players to watch for the opposing team. We make some bold predictions for ASU. I typically do two on offense and two on defense, and then I will make a prediction on the final score. So it's a jam-packed episode that we're going to go ahead and get started with. And we'll look at the offensive side of the football first and foremost. Look, the, the whole thing is going to be Jaden Rashada. If we're being honest, like everybody's eyes are going to be on number five under center. He is one of the most highly recruited kids in Arizona State Sunnels history. I think if you look at 24-7, he is right at, if not just outside the top 10, Highest recruits the program has ever had. He's the second highest quarterback they've ever gotten behind Jaden Daniels, who is the only other freshman quarterback to start week one for the team. Jaden Rashada is going to be all of the attention. Everybody's going to be looking at Jaden Rashada, what he does, how he's able to play in his first collegiate game. That's where everybody is going to be looking, not just the fans, not just the media, but nationally. Everybody is going to be taking a look at what number five can do because. For the wrong reasons, unfortunately, a lot of people know who Jane Rashada is. And I'm really hoping that this game will maybe be able to kind of take that attention away 
from the supposed off-field stuff that he had during his recruiting stuff and start focusing on the player that he is because he's a big, strong-armed, mobile guy who can really take advantage of a defense, and I'm beyond excited to see what Rashada can do this year. Next, I, I want to see how the how the skill position groups have their reps split up, like the running backs, an example. Like Cameron Scanabo is going to be the guy, but Kyson Brown, somebody who I've been hyping up for a while now, is listed as like the second, like the the 2A to or 2B to uh the Carlos Brooks 2A. He he's going to get some work. And I'm so intrigued to see how the reps are split up entirely. Like, is this going to be like what we've seen from Arizona state where it's really like one guy and then a second guy and they sprinkle in a third guy, or is it going to be more of a committee approach? Like really interested there wide receiver. We're like a million deep. We got Elijah Badger. We got X Guillory. We got Giovanni Sanders. We got Mel Constable. We got Troy O'Mary. We got the, the freshmen that are coming in. There's, there's no shortage of talent at the wide receiver spot. And I'm sure I forgot somebody. Andre Johnson. I knew I forgot somebody. There's there's a lot, a lot, a lot of depth at the wide receiver spot. So how often are they going to get shuffled in? Like, are you really going to run with like your top three to four guys? Or should we expect younger guys to get some opportunities as well? Tight end. Look, it's going to be Jalen Conyers, but I'm more interested. How often do we see multiple tight ends on the field? Do we ever see all three on the field? Because between Jalen Conyers, Bryce Pierre, and Messiah Swinson, you've got some really talented tight ends there that can all be really, really good facets in your passing attack. Want to see how they get those guys involved. Finally, on the offense, the offensive line, you know, this this is something that we all have been kind of taking a look at to see how it's going to end up shaking out. Uh, we have our official starting line. It's Isaiah Glass. It's Sione Finau. It's... Uh, Lee Fontanu, Joey Ramos, and Emmett Bully are your five starting offensive linemen. I don't think this is too much of a surprise if you guys have been staying in touch with practice reports, whether that was from Devil's Digest or whether it was from 24-7 or whoever have you. These are these are the guys that have been getting the most work. I want to see how they work as a unit. A lot of people are going to be paying attention to, to Isaiah Glass. I will be as well and see if he can finally take that step forward as that cornerstone left tackle that we're looking for want to see what uh, Lee Fontanu can give for you at the center position hopefully a really nice upgrade over what they had last year Emmett Bully was probably like the sixth offensive lineman last year he's going to be a starter this year how's he look how's he perform we're going to be looking for that defensive side of the football pass rush pass rush pass rush there was no pass rush last year they had well under 20 sacks I don't have the number in front of me I want to say it was 16 like 16 or 17 and if it was less than that then yeah that sounds right you're looking for a reintegrated rejuvenated pass rush this year and you've got bj green who has led the team in sacks each of the last two years not too much to say last year but as a freshman he had five sacks and a part-time role that's pretty good you're looking to see how he works as an edge rusher he is getting the start at edge i'm curious if he gets put inside the defensive tackle as well because there's not a lot of depth there because of injuries to uh, CJ Fight and to Anthony Cooper. Interesting to see how they work out there. Clayton Smith, love him. 
want to see how he does in his like full-time debut. He didn't really get too many opportunities at Oklahoma. He is now a full-time starter for the team. Want to see how the pass rush plays. I almost, I also want to see the linebacker reps because similar to the offensive line, there was really not a lot of continuity at the linebacker position. In fact, there was basically none. Like you're returning guys from last year, Caleb McCullough, Will Schaefer, and uh, James Jonkum, none of them were full-time starters or really had any significant playtime heading into this year. You brought down Trey Brown, who is absolutely entrenched as one of the starters and has familiarity with new defensive coordinator Brian Ward's defense as they both came from Washington State. But then next to them, what were you going to do? Well, Tate Romney's got the start as of right now. The transfer, redshirt sophomore coming from BYU. But I feel like you're going to see all of these guys, including Trey Brown, rotated. Because you've got, in addition to the three guys returning, you've also got Kavian Thunderbird, who's an incoming freshman. you got Crew Jackson, who's a redshirt freshman transferring from K-State. There's a lot of different options that you can go here at the linebacker spot. I want to see how they're dis- uh, distri- distributed. Goodness gracious. I want to see who's getting more snaps than another guy. How often is the rotation happening? These are the little things that I want to take a closer look at for myself. And then finally, in the secondary, I want to know how everyone who's not named Ro Torrance plays. There's lots of guys. And we're going to end up having Shamari Simmons and Chris Edmonds as the starting safeties. Xavier Alford is currently not listed on the depth chart. This is more than likely because he's going to have to sit out the year and that's a really big time bummer and he'd be sitting out for a transfer to have to sit out one year before he can play again that would be the reason i know that they're still going through that process and we've already seen what's going on with Jake Smith it's very unfortunate but it's just kind of the the hand we've been dealt but between those two i kind of like your safety spot i really wish montana warren was healthy but can't have it can't have everything and then at the corner, like you're going to have uh, D Ford and Ed Woods are going to be the primary guys on the outside kind of rotating. You're going to see some Mason Williams out there. You're going to see Jordan Clark in the nickel. I'm sure you're going to see guys flex too. Jordan Clark worked a lot with the safeties. D Ford is comfortable in the slot. There's lots of different combinations that you can do. And I know that number nine, Ro Torrance is going to be great. He's going to be great. I'm not worried about him. I want to see everybody else and how they perform. I want to know how the corner across from him looks. I want to know how Jordan Clark looks. I want to know how Chris Edmonds looks. How do the Austin P guys, Shamari Simmons and D Ford play out? How's Mason Williams play? What about, um, uh, I can't remember. Is it uh, Damon Williamson? How's Damon Williamson kind of get involved with all of this? Like there's a lot of different moving parts in the secondary. There's so many different names and faces that should be getting plenty of opportunities. I'm really interested to see how that ends up shaking out, how everybody's getting their reps split up. But more importantly than anything else, I want to know how these guys are playing because if they can play at a high level next to Ro Torrance, we might be able to be a decent pass defense this year. Look, guys, trying to find the right people for your job and get that potential hire that is able to make the deep, the difference in your in your staff is a high-stakes wager. And especially for a small business, you want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can get this set up in minutes. Get your job posting set up. And once you do that, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And as you guys know, as small business owners, having that right team member can be the biggest, most positive and measurable impact on your business. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering hires and quality hires, more or less, versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get right back into the conversation here, guys. But as always, wherever you get your podcast, hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications. Now, I admittedly, like all of you, don't know very much about Southern Utah football. Short of, I'm sure some Southern Utah fans will check out this podcast. If you do, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. Um, I know that number one friend of the podcast, uh, Spencer McLaughlin, is one of their play-by-play callers. He'll actually be down for the game. Really excited to hang out with him. But I asked him, I said, hey, man, give me a handful of guys that I should be I should be watching this year or uh, for this game, that I should be watching for this game. And he texted me. Um, he texted me four players to keep an eye out on. So the first one, probably the most obvious one, and that's going to be quarterback Justin Miller. Justin Miller had a really quality year last year, um, ended up setting career highs across the board. Completion percentage was 0.1% lower than his 2020 season, but he was a 65.4% completion last year, 7.7 yards per attempt. 2,824 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, eight interceptions across the board. It was just a very good year for him. And he's a big kid at 6'3", 210, more than a healthy size. Definitely somebody who's going to be able to try and take advantage of a retooled defense on the back end. I definitely have some faith in in uh, Roe Torrance to be able to shut shut down whatever Justin Miller might be trying to cook up. but. It's not going to be easy because in the meantime, he's got a really quality wide receiver to throw to in Isaiah Wooden. Wooden averaged 20.5 yards per reception last year, had six touchdowns, including a 76-yard long. He's their big play threat. He is the guy that Miller is going to be looking to connect to early and often. Now, to put that in perspective with you, uh, Timothy Patrick was their he was their leader in receptions last year with 39. He had one more catch than Isaiah Wooden, but he had over 400 less yards. He had 341 yards compared to Wooden's 778 yards. So Wooden is their home run guy. Wooden is the guy that ASU's secondary is going to need to look out for. That's number eight on the offensive side of the football for them. And then they'll have a good little running back as well in Braden Whistler. And Whistler last year was quality for them. They definitely were throwing the ball a lot more than they were running the football. They threw the ball 367 times last year. Their leading ball carrier, which was Whistler, had 74 carries. But he did turn out a very, very quality 
5.7 yards per carry, 422 rushing yards, just a single touchdown, but he's also a facet in their passing game. He caught 33 passes last year for 240 yards. That's a very good 7.3 yards per catch. He's a smaller dude at five foot nine, 180 pounds. So he's going to be somebody that they're going to be trying to get out of the backfield. Wooden is also not a big guy at wide receiver at 5'9", 170. So these are dudes that could get lost in the shuffle. They can disappear behind the defense and disappear behind the offensive line. So it's really going to be up to ASU's defense to be able to find, locate these guys and get to them as quick as, uh, as quick as possible. Because if if they if they lose track of them, they're big play dudes. You have a running back that was almost six yards of carry, and you have a receiver that was over 20 yards per reception. You've got to be on top of these guys, or they're going to make you pay. Looking at the defensive side of the football, uh, Connor Cullimore is the guy who was told to, I was told to have my attention on. Number six, the uh, leading linebacker for the defense. Another smaller dude, 5'11", 225. I say smaller. That's almost exactly what I am. I am just the just under six foot i am i tell myself around 200 i don't want to check but yeah connor colmore is basically richie bradshaw on the defensive side of the football except he's in much better shape than i am last year he had 66 tackles which paced his team one and a half sacks and a forced fumble nothing really too crazy here but nonetheless, he's the captain of their defense. He's going to be the one calling the shots, and he's hopefully going to be the guy that ASU will be able to take advantage of, but we'll see what ends up happening. But as far as uh, Southern Utah Thunderbirds to be on the watch for during this game, those are the four guys that friend of the podcast, Spencer McLaughlin, told me to keep an eye out on. Let's wrap up this edition of the podcast with some bold predictions and a final score. But before we get there, thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Special shout out to my everydayers who are here every day. And thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Like and subscribe wherever you're getting those podcasts and turn on notifications. Two bold predictions on offense, two bold predictions on defense, and finally, a final score. Now, here's the thing. When I make my bold predictions, I do my absolute best not to go way overboard. I'm not going to throw something at the wall and hope it sticks. I'm not going to try and predict like Jaden Rashada throws 700 yards, right? I try to stay away from that. I try to keep it realistic, but I also will tell you that in this game with the expectations, but also not knowing anything, it was a little bit more difficult to decide what was really realistic and what is incredibly unrealistic. So with that being said, I'll give you the most unrealistic right now. And by unrealistic, I mean, just like very compared to the other ones, it's the most difficult to achieve. And I got Jaden Rashada throwing not one, not two, not three, but four touchdown passes in this game. Look, when you're as someone as supremely talented athletic with God given traits, that Jaden Rashada has. And you face a defense like Southern Utah that is just should not be able to hang with Arizona State. You should have a team that is able to absolutely take care of business. And you should have a quarterback that is able to exploit everything. Now, 
Jaden Rashada is somebody who is very interested in beating you as a passer. Yes, he can beat you as a runner, but he wants to be able to throw the football. He is a quarterback first and foremost before he's somebody who breaks the pocket or does designed runs or anything like that. Is he going to run? Absolutely. But he's going to be somebody who's more interested. Like I said, he's more interested in hanging in the pocket and delivering strikes, which is why I think Arizona State will be able to find some big-time success in the passing game. And maybe Rashada needs some time to grow as a passer, but in the meantime, he's got one of the best-kept secrets at wide receiver in Elijah Badger. He's got another guy that's going to get a lot of people's attention with X Guillory. And then, of course, you got Jalen Conyers, who we'll talk more about Conyers in just a second. But between those three alone, each of them could have a touchdown. I would not be surprised if each of them caught a touchdown and then you just floated a fourth one out there, right? Now, speaking of that fourth touchdown, I do have Jalen Conyers catching two touchdowns. So in this situation, one for Guillory, one for Badger, and two for Conyers. That feels realistic, especially against Southern Utah. But I have Jalen Conyers catching two touchdowns. I also having him touch, or, oh my gosh, having him top the century mark. So over 100 yards and two touchdowns for Conyers. Anyone who watched him in the second half of last year knows how unbelievably dominant he is. Defenders are so uninterested in tackling him. And I don't know if anybody on Southern Utah is going to be able to match the kind of player that Jalen Conyers is. I think he's going to be just a big bowling ball and somebody who's going to break a lot of tackles and create a lot of yards after contact. I don't know, outside of Jaden Rashada, I think Jalen Conyers is probably the guy that I am most excited to watch tomorrow night. I have been hyping up Jalen Conyers for at least a year, and I'm glad to see that he's finally come to fruition for this team. I'm predicting a big game for him. Everybody knows, if you've been listening to this podcast, that I also think he's going to be a finalist for the John Mackey Award this year, the best tight end in the nation. This is where he starts that conversation, is absolutely dominating Southern Utah. Give me 100 yards, give me two touchdowns for him. Flipping to the defensive side of the football, we're going to start with the defensive line. I've got BJ Green and Clayton Smith combining for three sacks. That would be insane considering I don't know that ASU had a game with three sacks last year. They they truly just could not get to the quarterback, guys. BJ Green and Clayton Smith have dominated this whole year. Spring practices was all about number 35 and number three. Fall practices, all about number 35 and number three. Now, in-game action against a lesser opponent. Let's see it. Let's see it happen. Let's see. Let's see these dudes be unleashed on Southern Utah. I want to see number three, Clayton Smith, just blindingly get off the edge with pure speed. I want to see number 35, BJ Green, beat guys with his hands, be a physical guy who can bull rush. And I want to see them get into the backfield together three different times. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't know if it's like two and a half sacks for one and a half sack for the other, or if they split it down the middle, or if it's two and one, whatever it is. But I do think that your bookend edge rushers here, 
with BJ Green and Clayton Smith are going to combine for three sacks tomorrow night. Hopefully there's a handful of sacks, a handful of sacks period, but that's my bold prediction. Final bold prediction. Roe Torrance gets an interception and whoever is lined up across from him doesn't do anything. I will be counting on somebody to be able to keep track of the yards that he gives up. My eyes, when I watch a game, typically are in the backfield. I will do my best to see who gives up what. But bottom line is I feel like I'm not going to be watching number nine very much because I highly anticipate that Rotorns is going to be able to put the clamps on whoever he's going up against. He's just so big and physical at 6'3", 200 plus pounds. He's long. He's a really good guy who can blanket defenders, mirror and match the receivers. And he didn't, he only had the one interception last year against U of A. I don't know that he's a big interceptions number guy, but I do think that he'll be able to get an interception off of a lesser opponent. So I got Roe Torrance with an interception in this game and just a flat out good game in coverage. I'll, I'll throw a number. I'll say less than 50 yards allowed on him. I, I have no idea. I'll go, I'll go 50. We'll go 50 yards. Final score prediction. I got ASU in this game 45 to 17. I think that ASU is going to be able to do a lot offensively. And even though Kenny Dillingham is probably going to have some restraints on this team and not throw the whole playbook out there to kind of get ready for the rest of the season that they've got coming up, because you will have 10 power five teams. You're not going to want to show everything off in week one, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of fireworks. And I think even beyond your four passing touchdowns, Cameron Scadabo is going to get into the end zone. I believe that as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got in there twice to give you your other two touchdowns, plus a field goal by Dario Longhetto. That's my predictions here. Final score, 45 to 17. Also want to note, I said on yesterday's podcast, and I will note again here, if ASU manages to lose tomorrow night, I will recreate the ice bucket challenge and post it to YouTube and post it to social media. I really hope that doesn't happen, but I'm I'm pretty confident about this. But what do you guys think? What are your bold predictions for this game? What's your final score for this game? Drop it in the comments if you're on YouTube or Hit me up on Twitter slash X at RichieBrads36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. But guys, we finally made it. Game day is here. I hope you guys are excited. I hope you guys are tailgating. I hope you guys are going to the game. And I hope you guys have the TV on at home. And just get excited for a new era of Sun Devils football. We are, we are so fortunate to finally be here. And I hope that you guys are as excited for this season as I am. But thanks, as always, for tuning in. This will be a regular thing. We do these previews every week. We do recaps every week. We do game balls every week. We do takeaways, all sorts of stuff to cover the game. So if you guys are looking for a reason to subscribe, there's your reason right there. It's daily content Monday through Friday. And because the game's on Thursday, you will get my instant reaction on Friday morning. So make sure that you hit like and subscribe to the podcast. I will see you guys tomorrow. Till then, you keep it locked right here on Locked On.